if you and your family members are looking for help and you're looking for hospice care, we have the right guest for you today. Her name is Danny. She's with us, and she's going to tell us all about her company and how unique hospice and palliative care can provide services that are very unique and tailor-made for your needs and your family's needs so that there's maximum comfort and a lot of love to the one that you care so much about. Stay tuned. Danny, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? Good, good. I'm very glad that we finally got you on the show. I know that you and I met, it seems like it was about three months ago, and I was so intrigued by your line of work. I immediately asked you to be on the podcast, but because of the holiday season, it's taken time to get you here. Yes, it has. Did you have a good holiday? I did. It was busy off and on, but it was good. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I, I think this is the first year that I'm hearing everybody say the same thing. It, probably something that's always gone on, but... Oh, man, it was so busy. And then I, then it's like we're all uh, happy that it's over with in a way, you know, right. and that you got back to normalcy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's busy, but then also like with all the holiday parties and stuff. But then at the same time, from my line of work sometimes and going out, all the doctors are gone and on vacation. So it kind of slowed things down a little bit. But. Yeah, yeah. In our office uh, after the holiday, after Christmas, then things get nice and slow. Yeah. But it's all those darn parties, man. I mean, I, right? I love them all, but, man, you could get fatigued really quickly with them. Yep. <laughs> okay, so let me uh, properly introduce you. So Danny is a native born and raised in, in uh, San Gabriel Valley, La Cañada, Flint Ridge, with yep. a theater's arts degree from Loyola Marymount University. How cool. Yeah. Okay. Now, you. This I've got this information off of the webpage from the company that you're working with. It doesn't say anything about you being a former princess of the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. I know. I don't normally advertise that that much. <laughs> well, I noticed that on the webpage, they do have your picture right up there. Uh, I think it's you. It looks like it. So you're still very photogenic, and uh, they're making good use of your... Uh, you know, your looks and everything, so that's good. Uh, so with five years of festival production experience and over 10 years working in the entertainment industry, uh, you have over five years of retail management and stylist experience and three years' experience as a legal assistant for personal injury law. So you, prior to getting into your current profession, you did a few things. Uh, I think that we talked before that you were in the entertainment industry. What exactly was that? Oh, a lot of different things. I did main. I started doing kind of sound and stuff like for festivals and like Coachella. I worked with the Do Lab, and then uh, I kind of had my own little business that I kind of started, mm. and it was showers. And I was providing showers out there at all the festivals. Oh my god, that's so needed. <laughs> it is needed. People forget like you feed your body, but you also like need to take care of it and clean it, especially at those kind of events. It's so refreshing you know to like the soul almost <laughs> where were you at woodstock <laughs> i know i wasn't born yet <laughs> but i feel like i'm an inner hippie <laughs> you should have been there mm -hmm. it's funny i'm from chicago on the south side of chicago there's a baseball field it used to be kaminsky park he used to have showers in the audience Oh, in the summer, you know, you know, those hot, humid days and yeah. stuff that people go over there. Of course, they'd be drunk and they'd be getting <laughs> showers. So interesting. Yep. Okay. So uh, after a medical scare, scare in 2018 that left you paralyzed from the waist down, I didn't know about this, too, yes. about you. Um, 
uh, you were able to regain motor function and learn to walk, fortunately, but it was, it was because of a vitamin deficiency. And it was that experience along with COVID that made you refocus on, uh, you know, what you're doing with your life, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I had to, you know, kind of pivot from doing the, because a lot of my work was very physical. So I had to step back from that because I know my own strengths and weaknesses and I wasn't able to do the physicality part of it anymore. So I kind of had to refocus and I found, I fell in love with like the senior community, I guess. Um, well, good. Because you and I have something in common. I, I love senior people. I always have all my life and stuff. And so when I heard that you did this work, I thought that you and I are a lot alike. Um, and, and so you've decided to focus on you know, people that you really care for. Yes. Okay. And through your volunteer work at the Elizabeth House and having that experience, then you've gotten into what you're doing now. Yes. Okay. And so when you and I were talking, you said that there's a different way of doing hospice care. I think is what you you'd said. So why don't we start off with what really inspired you to get into that? Because a lot of people would say that that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, the type of work where you're dealing with grieving families. What really motivated you to do that? I think it's my own personal experiences, watching my grandma and my grandpa go through it. And then my dad had recently passed about four years ago. So it kind of like I just felt really connected to everything um, and... I just wanted to, I know my experiences that I had, and there's so many questions, and you're like, as a family, you're deer in headlights, and you don't know what to expect, don't know what to do. A lot of times people think, like, you're just coming in with morphine, and then all of a sudden, they're gone, and that wasn't my experience. Um, I watched my grandma be on hospice for about, like, six years, and so it can actually help the families and give them support and also the individual and prolong their life, which a lot of people don't think. No, I never thought of that either. I always thought that hospice care was solely to give somebody uh, a chance to go home and die. Right. And that's not what your definition of hospice care is. No, I mean, that is part of hospice. Like, we do want to go to their home if we can, meet them wherever they call home, whether it be in a skilled nursing facility, uh, We've done a hotel room even. So wherever the person calls home, that's where we're going to meet them at and provide the care. And it's all about providing comfort and compassion for them and support for the family as well. Okay. So the company is called, I'm sorry. We're called Unique Hospice. Unique Hospice. And is that based in Pasadena? It's in Arcadia. Arcadia, okay. So we like, just like the name Unique, we know that each individual is unique too. And so we really try to personalize the plan of care to the individual and make it meet their needs and the family's needs. Okay. All right. And so uh, how long has the company been around? For eight years. Okay. Yeah. Good. And what's the stereotypical uh, home care, you know, type of, uh, is it home care or hospice care? It's hospice, hospice care. care. Yes. What's, what's the stereotypical uh, model that you're different from? Well, I think what sets us apart is that we, one thing is that our director of nursing is also a nurse practitioner. Mm. So that helps us a lot to be able to deal with things in a very fast manner and react quickly. So we don't have to always wait for a doctor for them to get in or for wait for the response. We can change the meds. We can change the plan of care when it needs to be done in a timely manner. So you're saying there's a nurse practitioner on board all the yes. time? Yes, okay. and then our nurses are 24-7. That was one thing I noticed. 
um, that I love about our company is that you can always speak to a nurse and get your answers. And even in the middle of the night, you know, you're going to talk to a nurse. And okay. it's not going to be like, oh, you have to wait till they get in in the morning or wait a couple of days. You'll get your immediate answers right away. How do you ensure that your caregivers are qualified you know, and experienced? Right. So we actually, they're not caregivers, they're oh. nurses, okay. RNs and LVNs. Okay. So they... Well, let me stop you there. Before you get into the, that, the, your service doesn't provide somebody to be there with the patient 24-7, then it's more of a nursing staffing? If they do need more of that support, we can step in. We work with other agencies too, like home care okay. agencies, like Home Instead, where we, or that we could uh, make the connections for them and make that happen. Okay. So... Sorry, I cut you off. So no, you were telling okay. me, how, how do you qualify uh, your people to be able to work for your company, you know, the, the LVNs and the nurses? So basically, we just do recruiting for like any other company. We go through their resumes, make sure, you know, um, my administrator speaks with them, make sure that they're the right fit, not just for our company, but for hospice. It's not something that they're scared of, too. And then we also train them out in the field as well. Mm. So that, that way they're prepared because hospice is a little different and you want to make sure that you're talking to the families in the right way and that you have the empathy. I think that's a big part of it, too. It's not just clinical nursing. It's you have to have empathy and compassion, too. And that's a big part of um, our nurses and making sure that they are able to provide that to the families. That's good. Yeah, you're looking for uh, not only somebody that's highly skilled, but somebody that's highly skilled with people. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, it's such a personal thing. I mean, I had my own experience with my father-in-law passing, and I remember the interaction with the nursing at the hospital, you know, and some was good, some of it wasn't so good afterwards and stuff, but I'm glad that you hear that you guys concentrate on that. Do you... Um, practice solely in California? Does your company only do California yes. patients? Okay. Southern California, mainly Los Angeles okay. County. Yeah. And how do people find you? A lot of times recently, what I've noticed is that it's been word of mouth. Uh, we provide such exceptional care that it kind of speaks for itself and mm. the families talk about us in the community and people talk about us. And so we've been getting a lot of our referrals are from word of mouth. But also part of my job is to try to work with hospitals and skilled nursing facilities and boarding cares and see how we can support one another and build those relationships. So you get out and you talk to the people in the hospitals and let them know that you're around and available. Yes. And then make sure that they know about our services, how, you know, we can help them and what makes us different too, you know. Yeah. Um, lot, a lot of times we try to really concentrate on the person and what their needs are and what the family is. So we, the person can have dual diagnosis and we wanna work with that too. You know, if, um, they have, for example, a diagnosis for prostate cancer, but they also need dialysis. We can work with the diagnosis of the prostate cancer, but still have the patient treated on dialysis. So not all care is being stopped. Okay, yeah. and does your, your nurse practitioners actually go to the home sometimes? Yeah. They, they do. Okay, so it's not just a, a remote conferencing? Or no, like they go to the home, they meet the family, do a complete evaluation and assessment, and create the plan of care. Okay. So do you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but who makes the decision as to whether hospice can be at the home versus, like, in a care facility? Because I know 
from personal experience uh, with some member of my family, that decision wasn't so easy because the patient would love to go home. Right. But yeah. the home's really not where that person should be uh, because there's nobody there to really care. And it's almost dangerous, you know, versus going to a care facility where there's... So do you, do you know who makes that decision? That's going to be... It's a lot of times, yeah, the nurse practitioner... Um, or the doctor, their primary care doctor, or our hospice doctor, because we have um, medical medical doctors as well. So that's going to, and talking with the family, seeing what they can do. Sometimes the family is able to be able to have members of the family come in and do that support. So there is someone watching them at home. Yeah. But like you said, if they do require more skilled care, then those relationships that we have with our um, skilled nursing facilities, we work on that and we can send them and find a bed for them at a skilled nursing facility and then that way there is more supervision for them okay you know for for me i, I hate hospitals yeah i mean i think like most people right right you know? <laughs> i mean i was recently in the hospital maybe a year or two ago and uh, just for a day or two and it was like get me out of here i mean i felt so out of touch with life all of a sudden and stuff and i i could understand now why people would want to go home yeah. for hospice care, you know, rather than being in a in a hospital. Sometimes there's not enough time to go home, you know. Mm -hmm. In my in my uh, father-in-law's case, he was 87 years old, and he worked all the way up until two weeks before he died. He had rheumatic uh, lung uh, disorder, and he didn't tell anybody purposely. He was a good, really good man. Uh, but while he was in the hospital and it was declining, it, the decision was made to send him back home under hospice and they even delivered the bed and everything there. oh yes unfortunately he never made it home and stuff but i was thinking how that is probably very important to people to be able to go back home and you know in a place of comfort rather than right in the hospital like that it is and i think it's also it's less traumatic too and then especially when the patient does pass for the family it's nicer you don't have like cops and ambulances and all this like drama going on it's a lot more peaceful and quiet yeah yeah and then we're there to support them and to just take care of everything so the family doesn't have to worry about it they can grieve they can do what they need to do and we're there to take care of everything else so what else would be taken care of other well it's about coordinating with coroners and okay. mortuaries and that sort of thing. Okay, so really, it's a case management. Yeah, okay. we because we work with social social workers. We have chaplains. We have volunteers. All kinds of resources for the family. Okay, do you um, know you know um, what the common like demographic like age you know or even disease that causes people to have hospice care? Or is it just well. A lot of it is like older, like 65. So basically, you have to have a terminal diagnosis and six months less basically to live. But there's a common misconception that it's only for the seniors and for the elderly. Mm -hmm. But it's not. There are young people that have cancer and that have to use hospice. Or there are people also that are... A lot of people think you're bedridden, and that's not the case either. There oh, are people that, that. Um, are older, and they're driving but they still have that terminal diagnosis, but they're still moving around and oh, I didn't know that. on their feet, but they can still be under hospice care. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 
So one of the things that I've learned about your company is, is that you do more than just the hospice care. You do what's called palliative care, something yeah. that's a word I've never heard of before. <laughs> so tell me what that is. So that's when they're not quite ready for hospice yet, they can still uh, seek curative treatments at the time, but they're kind of getting there, and it's a chance for our team to come in, start providing care, and they kind of get used to us and what it's going to be like, and we can slowly start transitioning them into hospice. Okay. And is that type of service used a lot? I've never heard of it before. Sometimes. Um, some hospice companies don't offer it. So l we're lucky enough that we're able to provide both. Um, a lot of times it's not talked about, too, because it's not covered by Medicare. Oh, okay. okay <laughs> and by insurance companies. So when you're on palliative, you're, uh, we're taking on that expense. Okay. Now... One other thing about your company that's very unique, and as I said, your company has a very unique set of services. Yes. It has to deal with? The LGBTQ community. Okay. Talk to us about that. So we are in the process of getting our whole team uh, trained by SAGE. So they'll be trained, certified, and that way they can deal with the LGBT community because we know that's a very big community that's not always or that's underserved, basically. And we want to let them know that there are people out there that see them, that hear them, and that we're here for them, too. And we're here for their stories and to take care of them. You know, it's a very important these days, I feel like, to make sure that they're comfortable, even at the end, that we're using the right pronouns and things like that. You right, know? and they're given the dignity that they deserve. Exactly, and a lot of uh, people, especially this day and age, and as they're aging, might have some skeletons in the closet or things that they're scared of or they haven't talked to their family yet that they are not comfortable with. But we want to be able to give them that opportunity. And what about um, payment for, for the type of services? Is there... Medicare or Medicaid or anything? Yeah, so it's insurance, um, but so a lot of it's Medicare or Medi-Cal. Okay, and then, of course, if people have private insurance, that helps it big does. time, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in the time that you've been doing it, tell me about, you know, what makes you compassionate about it? Well, I just think seeing how my team works and how much they care, too, and we'll go out of their way for people in order to help them and in order to help the family um, and for their last wishes too. For instance, we had a patient who wanted to go visit his hometown like back east and we were able to coordinate with another company, hospice company out there in his hometown for him to go and make that last final visit and then come back. So really- Was he able to do it? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, and so really, you know, like just like I, I keep saying, it's all personal, and it's going back to the yeah. person and seeing what their needs are and how we can help them in their final days and provide that sense of comfort. It's not just comfort physically. It's also mentally as well. Yeah. Do most of your patients know that their days are numbered? I think so. I think the hardest part isn't what I've seen is the family accepting it. And I think that's always the biggest thing. A lot of the hospice patients on their own uh come to terms with it and are okay and ready, but it's the family that doesn't want to let go, which we never do. We never want to let go of our loved ones. Yeah, yeah. Now, are you working uh, just remotely, or do you go into headquarters and interact with people from the business and, and stuff, or are you kind of out there by yourself doing what you do? 
I go everywhere. Okay. <laughs> I okay. network and I go out everywhere. Okay. I'll meet anybody where they need to meet. Um, I like to offer myself as an educational resource too. A lot of people have questions or they just don't know and it's a scary subject and they look at us like we're the grim reaper coming in and I want to, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, dispel that yeah. and let people know that it's not, not like that. It's about that. love. It is. Yeah. It's about, it, it's all coming from the heart. Yeah. I, the reason why I asked that question is, is, you know, I'm a former police officer and um, now I'm a family law attorney and our jobs as cops weren't that different than what I'm doing now where we get a lot of reward from helping people, yeah. you know, and stuff. And even when people don't realize uh, how much we care about them and stuff. We know what effort we gave to them, and we're, you know, we're really, a lot of times, that's the that's the real benefit of doing what we do. And I could imagine that that's the spirit of the people that you're working with. It is one of the things that I get sad about is when we bring somebody on and they're only with us for maybe an hour or a day. Like that breaks my heart Aww. because I know that Aww. if we could have stepped in sooner and yeah. maybe helped them and provided some of that. Um, care and comfort and just no pain too like that's the other thing making sure they're not in pain and yeah when you say you meet them for like an hour is it usually at the hospital it depends on yeah it could be at the hospital it could be at their home okay. sometimes uh, you know the family has figured out and they have a hospital bed in the home and they're already bedridden and at home but okay it all just depends yeah 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 so so when you meet them uh, in the hospital and you give them the good news that they're going to go home, do you tell them you know, about the services you provide? And, yeah. You know, that's good. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And we want everyone to know, especially with hospice, that you have a choice. A lot of people don't even realize that. They, I think it's important that you do your research and get to know the companies and see what fits best with you and what aligns with your family values and the hospice values as well. So, so what kind of choices would they have? Well, choices with hospice. Is what I mean, because a lot, a lot of times you'll go to the hospital or something and they give you a company and you're like, oh, that's it. That's all the only one I know. And that's where oh, I need I to stay, yeah. you know, and people don't know that there's lots of different companies out there and they all can offer something different. Mm, interesting. OK, well, this has been really fun. I, I, <laughs> I really always wanted to talk to somebody uh, in your field because of the fact that like a lot of families, I've experienced, you know, some of this. Um, you know, the most recent was my father-in-law who did who didn't make it to hospice. Yeah. You know, and now I have a mother-in-law that's in her mid nineties and she's in a care facility and she needs hospice. And you know, what was interesting a lot of times is people don't realize how much uh, they need the extra care until right. they start getting it. <laughs> and it, it and it does because when we step in, they sometimes do live longer because of that, because they're getting that extra care, because somebody is checking in on them, making sure their nutrition's good. All of those kind of things can help prolong life. We're not necessarily there not to prolong life. Right. Obviously, it's no curative type of treatment, but that all depends, too. We've had cases before where... Um, somebody's lungs were filled with, were getting filled with fluids but we pro focused on the primary terminal diagnosis and were able to clear his lungs and a lot of companies won't do that and they shy away from that they look at that as curative but for us it's about comfort comfort yeah yeah cool mm. okay mm. great well thank you very much for joining us Danny this was this was very informative you know and I uh, if people want to uh, find you and, uh, and get your services, how, how would they do that? How would they contact you? 
they can always call me. My cell phone's always on. <laughs> and so they can call me on my cell phone, which is 626-899-7254. Or they can just Google us, um, Unique Hospice. We're the first one that comes up online. Cool. And visit our website. Our website's www.uniquehospice.com. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Thank you.